Welcome to As That Robot Voice Says, the Natural Crit Podcast, and thank you for boldly listening. What are we even talking about? Well, this podcast series is my take on naturopathic medicine, an area I've been studying for about 20 years, including my time in so-called scientific, non-sectarian naturopathic medical school. My approach is a pairing of scientific skepticism and a deep knowledge of naturopathy's intimate details. In previous episodes of this series, I established that naturopathy is, essentially, a kind of knowledge-blending, misrepresentation, and irrationality. I have termed naturopathy both an epistemic conflation falsely posing itself as an epistemic delineation and the naturopathological. The science exterior is mixed with what is scientific, then that whole muddle is absurdly claimed to be science as an entire category. While particular sectarian science-ejected oath obligations and requirements are coded or camouflaged, therein effectively disguising naturopathy's system of beliefs in public view. Naturopathy's ultimate achievement is a profound erosion of scientific integrity and freedom of belief, packaged in the marketing veneers natural, holistic, integrative, and alternative and improperly embedded in the academic category, science. Episode Synopsis In this episode 15, also known as season 2, episode 5, titled, quote, The JACM 2019 Special Issue on Naturopathy, unquote, a.k.a. SIN, I'll be primarily looking at a collection, as published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine and sponsored by the University of Technology, Sydney, Australia, of around 15 articles specifically about naturopathy from contributors largely located in Australia and North America. I will also look at some of the issues contributors, various publications, some of the issues referenced sources, the journal's other naturopathy and kind articles, associated institutions, mentioned individuals, and provide, at times, example naturopaths and their practices. One cautionary statement I'll make before I delve down deeply into the naturopathic muck and such is... 
Just because one has a doctorate or is a doctor and is doing research and publishing it, that doesn't mean one is necessarily doing science. And it doesn't mean that one has properly prioritized what must be communicated effectively for the public good. In other words, just because an issue is about naturopathy, that doesn't guarantee that it deals with naturopathy's issues. And just because doctors of various kinds are publishing research, that research could be crap. Ultimately, it gets really interesting when the UTS research project this sin explicitly states that scientific rigors must be loosened to allow for the area in question to fall within such a knowledge and methodology domain. As in science done without distinctions, without controlled variables, without clarity. As in science done naturopathologically, while simultaneously claiming particularly for commerce outcomes, to be of normal science boundaries. Some may term that a masquerade, an hypocrisy, or even, as I have done in the past, a mind-fucking grift. Overall, regarding naturopathy's supposed institutional of science and of evidence posture, as compared to naturopathy's four decades, historical preponderance and core, or what's essentially naturopathic, what I can say is, as evidenced by this special issue and its associations, the ruses continue, the delusions continue, the junk thoughts continue, the denials and aversions of gaze from the big glaring issues continue, and therefore, naturopathological, mind-fucking grifting, and voluntary sectarian self-delusion marches on. Along the way in this delve, you'll see that so many institutions of education, government, and commerce are tarnished and even incriminated in the process of supporting and promoting the continuing irrational illness, which is this unethical sectarian pseudoscience falsely posing as rational, legitimate, scientific medicine. Subpart 3. An Australian NDS advice to employ critical thinking and to demand evidence my direct bridge into Australian naturopathy. Yes, you heard that correctly. Now, I'm not saying a naturopath meant to inspire a broad application of critical thinking and weighing of evidence to naturopathy, CAM and IM, but one definition of critical thinking from criticalthinking.org is... Quote, the intellectually disciplined process of actively and skillfully conceptualizing, applying, analyzing, synthesizing, and or evaluating information gathered from or generated by observation, experience, reflection, reasoning, or communication as a guide to belief and action. In its exemplary form, it is based on universal intellectual values.
values that transcend subject matter divisions, clarity, accuracy, precision, consistency, relevance, sound evidence, good reasons, depth, breadth, and fairness, unquote. Excellent. Sounds like true integration. Let's list some opposites. Unintellectual, undisciplined, stagnant, coarse, dim-witted, and credulous, preconceived, unreflective, unreasoning, siloed, unclear, inaccurate, imprecise, inconsistent, irrelevant, without or refuted by evidence, bad reasons, shallow, narrow, and unfair. In video land this 2019, there has been recent advice from an Australian naturopath by way of an Australian naturopathy school's YouTube account that I'll expand upon downward and backward and not just upward and forward as in globally. Let me explain. In the Endeavor, Australian Naturopathy College, November 2019 YouTube video, quote, Rachel Arthur, the importance of naturopathic community and applying critical thinking to postgraduate education, unquote, an ND gives advice to IM CAM naturopathy types to apply critical thinking, obviously after ND school and kind graduation. The ND tells us what her content will be for the video's hour-long duration. Quote, what we're going to be talking about tonight is how important community is and how important critical thinking is. And she speaks of applying critical thinking to your education, unquote. What she specifically has in mind is critical thinking within the context of continuing education, as in postgraduate education. The naturopath, Rachel Arthur, has a LinkedIn bio, and she tells us there, quote, Rachel Arthur qualified as a naturopath from Southern School of Natural Therapies. In Victoria in 1997, she has been actively engaged as a naturopath, specializing in nutrition since this time in a variety of capacities, including private clinical practice, lecturing, research, writing, and corporate health, unquote. And there we are told she has two, quote, health science, unquote, bachelors, with one that, quote, naturopath, unquote, degree from SSNT. So, a science subset naturopathy claim. Another science claim she states in the video is, quote, I think that the first step is we need to correct the misinformation and the misunderstanding about who we are how we're trained, and what we can contribute. They had no idea I had done a four-year degree with a huge amount of medical science. They thought I'd cut my qualification out of a cereal box, unquote. I'll cover Endeavor and SSNT in this episode, and let me tease something that contradicts that, quote, science, unquote, hugeness, within EC's naturopathy, particularly iridology. 
Arthur seems to, to be in part modeling a need for evidence, such as when she states in the video, quote, I love this quote by Anton Chekhov. Don't tell me that the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. Are you able to provide me with independent supportive evidence for this, unquote. And as regards critical thinking, she states, quote, one of the things I want to really make clear is we should always, no matter where the information is coming from, apply an appropriate level of discernment, an appropriate level of critical thinking. We have to apply critical thinking. Who's telling me this? What's their agenda? What's in it for them? Is this skewed? Is this only part of the story? If we don't apply this filter, then we take all information as being of equal value. And if we take all information as being of equal value, then this is going to put some really sad limits on us, unquote. That's quite a healthy dose of skepticism, a.k.a. discernment, a.k.a. critical thinking. And she has some kind of valid versus invalid process operating, as evidenced when Andy Arthur states, quote, I wasn't sure about the validity of the zinc taste test, and I was thinking, well, I want to answer that question, and then if I find that it's not entirely valid, then I want to know how we all ended up doing this. I did find that it was not a valid way for assessing, unquote. And therein, with invocation of science, evidence, discernment, and validity, I see an imminent collision. The narrowness and sins, a deliberate pun, of course, of naturopathic laxity versus the greater academic community's virtues and rigors, the dunderheaded sectarian orthodoxy of naturopathy versus a broad liberal, little l, education. In other words, fake integration versus real integration, fake science versus real science, evidence versus dogma. Ironically, too, speaking of collisions, she also states, quote, I'm a big fan of Medscape, which is fantastic, incredibly up to date, very well regarded, unquote. And of course, in terms of critical thinking, Concerning naturopathy, Medscape is where Dr. Atwood published his quite damning, quite long-standing, as in never retracted, as in never found fault with, fantastic 2003 and 2004 articles on naturopathy. Future-wise, she postures and advises, quote, our profession is in a great position. Our education is strong. We should really be raising the bar for ourselves and in turn getting the industry to respond in a positive, progressive way by telling them what good information is, what good education, what non-biased education looks like. It doesn't mean that you don't still apply critical thinking. Even, she indicates, to naturopathic association journals, seminars and conferences. I've still got to apply the same level of discernment. When you've got a mentor, you've still got to ask yourself, where are they getting their information from? 
Let's find that way to keep learning, keep applying critical thinking, communicating with the rest of the healthcare community. Diversification of your sources of education is a great start. We do need constant trickle of new information and education, and she speaks of the acronym SMART, containing such points as accurate, rational, rationale, and respectful, unquote. Such present and forward-looking virtues. Well, I'm looking all around, even backward and downward, at the roots of naturopathy, which so often says it uniquely treats the root cause, specifically spending a good deal of time in the episode at ND schools in Australia, and therefore looking at ND education as a root. I'm going to get inclusive dare I say holistic, or employing the rebranding of such integrative, truly integrative, and emphasize that such virtues should be global, as in without boundary, as in freely applied, as in liberal, little l, analysis. Therefore, beyond North American naturopathy and into Australian naturopathy in this episode. So from that OzND school video, I've taken encouragement for expansion. I claim by way of the ND's language, permission granted to me to naturocrit. I'm going to expand the ND's intentions broadly in terms of naturopathy, I am and cam here, as therein no holy cows, as therein no unassailable knowledges. For me, yet, it all smacks of the hypocrisy of sectarian positions, prejudices, preferences, and modes initially established in ND schools then followed later with advice for broadening such, yet all within the restrictions of naturopathy's initially instilled unquestioned narrow constraints, because naturopaths don't, from the start, look at it all critically. Example, the Oz ND, after all, says ND education is, quote, strong, unquote, Yet at Endeavor, within their, quote, Bachelor of Health Science in Naturopathy, unquote, there are such things to do and promote as iridology, vitalism, and homeopathy. I believe, too, that to catch a problem while it is merely in the bud is preventative, which naturopathy claims to hold as an elemental principle. Again, I'm inspired to take the Ozendees and Endeavors, as they are the outlet for the video, limited advice on critical thinking and evidence for continuing education, and expand it all around, smashing the idols and the holy cows, if necessary, that naturopathy so fervently protects. Let's, in some small way, escape a straight jacketing of critical thinking and kind that occurs through the false ideas and commitments that naturopathy instills in the young who naively go through particularly naturopathy's educational inculcations. An American example, Ruben et al. Acupuncture Homeopathy Ankh ANP FABNOing and quackery. Speaking of discernment and of smashing the idols, 
Here's my unannounced American example. To be folded into the Canadian practices, I've employed as examples of the typically naturopathic. I had basically said earlier, quote, in the sin as a subset of naturopathy, the root homeop occurs 17 times within the Andy Reid et al. article alone, and if you can't even criticize such nonsense, and instead are lauding it as a therapeutic option in the sin, which is nuts, well, in my humble opinion, your critical appraisal is lacking that essential critical part, unquote. Well, here are some musings that began when a series of YouTube videos for 2019's Naturopathic Medicine Week caught my attention. One of the videos features an Andy Rubin and an Andy Darling, and in it, he is adamant that naturopathy is in no way quackery, to such an extent that he states that even posing that question is itself quackery. Talk about lacking that essential critical part. That struck me as quite a hypocrisy and quite inane, so I'll smash away with the hammer of discernment, because many of Rubin's practices pages state that their treatments could include acupuncture and homeopathy, and that naturopathy is defined by vitalism, while they've stated simultaneously, broadly, that they have better science knowledge and are of better thinking than regular, contemporary, mainstream, conventional doctors. So I'm interested, and I'm riled up, because they claim to be also oncologists. Let me detail all that before I speak of a recent of science, intellectually emotional criticism of IM and its acupuncture, and IM's apparent interference with surviving cancers that are curable. The Rubin et al. practice has a current web address of listenandcare.com, and it is composed of various NDs, Here's a perhaps partial list in no particular order. Rubin, Smolinsky, Alschler, Coates, Darling, Waite, Crinion, and Cozen. The practices site is rather disorganized in that their main practitioner page only lists some of these NDs, but a search of the site turns up other ND-dedicated provider profile pages which are either current or out of date. All naturopaths just listed are SCNM ND graduates, except for Alschler and Crinion, who are Bastyr ND graduates. Here's one of their broad science claims, with quite a lot of conceit, too, from a video on the YouTube channel for the practice, named, quote, Naturopathic Specialists, LLC, unquote, the 2018 animated video, quote, What is a naturopathic doctor, unquote, states, quote, from the description, A lot of people don't know the difference between a naturopathic and a medical doctor. They want to know how they compare, with medicine constantly evolving. 
and giving people more and more control over the type of care they receive, it helps to know a little bit more about your options. Naturopathic doctors are highly trained and are excellent at treating the whole body and are highly educated to do so. To find out more about the naturopathic doctors at Naturopathic Specialists, take a look at our physician's pages on our website. And from the video, let's compare an ND, naturopathic doctor, against an MD, medical doctor. How are they the same? And we're told and shown for both, four years of pre-med preparation, chemistry, biochemistry, anatomy, physiology, cellular biology labs, and we're shown a bunch of science images. And for both, four-year medical degree, in fact, in most ways you can think of, naturopathic doctors and medical doctors are very similar. But it's what makes them different that might surprise you. It's how they think. A naturopathic doctor thinks more like a fireman. Firemen understand the science behind fighting a fire. Fighting fire at its source. Getting to the underlying factors. Not just treating your symptoms but the real factors behind them, unquote. So in some claims of highly trained, excellent, highly educated, of mainstream pre-medical sciences, medical, just like medicine, but better, better thinkers, as in not negligent and shallow, like regular medicine, but of some kind of deeper, better, quote, science, unquote, knowledge and approach. Then there's their webpage, quote, what is naturopathic oncology, unquote, which has an embedded video of the same name. And in that we're told, quote, from its description, Dr. Rubin explains naturopathic oncology and how the principles of naturopathic medicine help improve patient outcomes, unquote. Now, the principles of naturopathy basically are science ejected and science exterior, things falsely claimed to be able to, in fact, survive scientific scrutiny. That's a given. How does such help? In the video, Andy Rubin states, quote, A naturopathic oncologist is a naturopathic physician who uses the core of naturopathic medicine, our precepts, our fundamental types of treatment approaches, like our precept number one, the power of nature, the healing power of nature, that the body has the inherent ability to heal itself. We have a myriad of options, including traditional Chinese medicine and homeopathic therapeutics, the world of integrative oncology, the most appropriate approach to the treatment of people with cancer globally. The integrative approach is the most appropriate approach overall, unquote. Wow. So that's most appropriate. Coded vitalism and bogosities like homeopathy and acupuncture for cancer patients. I've come to realize that the reason that naturopaths say they have so many therapeutic options is because they don't filter what they do rigorously. Therefore, for them, it's all good. They are undiscerning, except for the vitalism that they filter or scrub out at times. 
because there was a time when Rubin was more transparent about the essential vitalism at the heart of naturopathy's precepts. There's his 2009 archived 2006 presentation, quote, Naturopathic Medicine, Ways, Means, and Practicality, unquote, from the retired naturopathicspecialists.com address, wherein Rubin tells us, quote, precepts, vis medicatrix naturae, vis medicatrix naturae, vis equals energy, strength, or force. The body possesses the inherent ability to restore health. The physician's role is to facilitate this process with the aid of natural non-toxic therapies. The vital force. This describes the energy essential for life, the innate life principle, or the inherent power within every living organism. Naturopathic doctors seek to support the vital force, unquote. That's abject vitalism, the abject science ejected, archived forever. Yet, there's always a yet. In terms of science, in the same presentation he tells us, Quote, education, core sciences, which includes naturopathies, modalities, which include therapeutic nutrition, botanical medicine, homeopathy, natural childbirth, classical Chinese medicine, hydrotherapy, naturopathic manipulative therapy, pharmacology, and minor surgery, unquote. So a blatant science subset, such things as homeopathy and acupuncture as part of classical Chinese medicine, claim the typically naturopathic pseudoscience quackery. The homeopathy pages at this practice include the page, quote, 10 weight loss tips from Dr. Coates, unquote, which states, quote, we can offer help at NS, naturopathic specialists, with many of the great tools naturopathic medicine offers, from acupuncture to homeopathy and more, written by Melissa Coates, N.D., F-A-B-N-O, unquote. That's naturopathic, subset oncologist, subset great tools, subset quackeries. The practice also has a YouTube video with N.D. Coates in front of a model of the human body, with the meridians and points drawn on it, wherein she tells us, quote, little did you know, it's actually an acupressure point, unquote. What's interesting, too, is that in another video, she states she has a master's degree in bioethics and that acupuncture is a part of naturopathic medicine. So there's a baseline of the typically naturopathic from Rubin et al. I basically said earlier, quote, one of the videos features an Andy Rubin and an Andy Darling, and in it he is adamant that naturopathy is in no way quackery, to such an extent that he states that even posing that question is itself quackery, unquote. Now, I recently blogged about this Rubin position from the video, and I think he's a great example of naturopathy's sectarian, credulous, straight-jacketed, pseudoscience-tolerance effect, wherein criticism is anathema. I will need an acronym for that one. While in real science areas, and truly integrative areas, in intellectually honest and robust areas, criticism by way of critical thinking, discernment, and analysis, and such, is essential. 
the North American ND Credentialing AANP suborganization that grants the Fellow by the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology, FABNO, is the Oncology Association of Naturopathic Physicians, ANP. And in a presentation that claims to define the area at oncanp.org, we're told, quote, a common misconception is that complementary medicine is not evidence-based. Over several decades, there has been exponential growth in science and clinical research. Integrative oncology is supported by evidence and, most importantly, by very real benefits achieved by those living with cancer, unquote. So there's that claim of abundant science and evidence. And I just quoted Andy Coates as basically saying, I'm an FABNO and I endorse homeopathy and acupuncture. So, abundant science and evidence, subset naturopathy, subset naturopathic oncology is the pose, is the claim. And of course, quote, very real, unquote. Therefore, my nausea grows and grows as I get more and more riled up. Keep in mind, too, that OnKNP states that they abide by naturopathy's principles by way of, quote, philosophy, unquote, though presently there is no, quote, medicatrix, vital force, life force, vitalism, or vitalistic, unquote, on the ANP site by way of a google.com site-specific search, and there isn't even, quote, healing power, unquote, or a list of naturopathy's principles. Should they be allowed to visit such opacity, on cancer patients. Such manipulative opacity. Just seems so bad to be so opaque, for starters, to a population that is so vulnerable. There is, too, this assertion on the ONKNP, quote, vision and mission, unquote, page, quote, mission to advance the philosophy, science, and practice of naturopathic medicine in oncology care, Vision, to enhance survival and quality of life for people living with cancer through the integration of naturopathic medicine into cancer care, unquote. And you notice there, first and foremost, philosophy. And as I said before, true integration is neither fake, false, or opaquely manipulative. Whatsoever could that philosophy they dare not mention at their site be... Wink, wink. And I would argue that the philosophy is science, subset non-science, falsely posed as science, amongst other things, hardwired, hard-coded, baked in. Ankh A&P goes on in the presentation, this time with special pleading. Quote, research limitations and opportunities. The reality is that practice, particularly naturopathic, is not monotherapeutic but holistic. Naturopathy needs more observational research and pragmatic real-world clinical trials and needs whole systems practice research to evaluate real-world application of naturopathic oncology, unquote. So there's the invocation of holistic and whole and insistence that typical rigors cannot be applied for some special reason. And of course, the sin is all about whole systems and lowering rigors, which we will get to later in this episode. 
Principally, I'd argue that the special reason is an artificial boundary that naturopathy erects to protect naturopathy's nonsense contents from rigorous analysis. Those are the velvet ropes protecting the idols. It's a claim of impenetrability, I'll call it, or as I've iterated in the past, epistemic charity. And speaking of nonsense, specifically F-A-B-N-O, onc-a-n-p.org, nonsense, as posed within Science, Evidence, and What's Real, they write at onc-a-n-p.org in, quote, Guidelines to Case Report Writing for Naturopathic Doctors, unquote, quote, Naturopathic Diagnosis includes assessment by way of TCM, Ayurveda, homeopathy, etc., as relevant, unquote. No wonder Andy Coates endorsed homeopathy and acupuncture, such as written into FABNO Diagnostic Guidelines. Yet, Onc ANP has a page, quote, What is Integrative Oncology, unquote, that states, quote, Integrative oncology provides patients with safe options for combining conventional cancer treatment with natural and supportive therapies. The goal of this collaboration among multidisciplinary healthcare providers is to best support optimal health and well-being physically, mentally, and emotionally, unquote. So you have stated, in sum, the archaic, pre-scientific, and science-ejected as, quote, naturopathic diagnosis, unquote, at onc.anp.org, such as by way of homeopathy and TCM, and over that, the claims of evidence, science, real, options, and best. And over that, a hidden philosophy slash set of principles, that's the org, fake integration, manipulative opacity, irrationality, and the like. Anyway, to the centerpiece of this Ruben et al. practice example, the Andy Rubin video at that, quote, naturopathic specialists LLC, unquote, YouTube account is titled, quote, Google Autocomplete Day 2 of Naturopathic Medicine Week 2019, unquote. I'd written in the blog post, quote, from the video's description, in this series from Naturopathic Medicine Week 2019, our doctors answer the top questions about naturopathic medicine as found on Google Autosuggest. I'm not sure if they're aware, but whoever was logged into Google, if logged in to their Google account, at the time of the searching or the suggesting or the completion suggestions would have different Autosuggest results as compared to someone else logged in similarly or not logged in at all, including, is naturopathic medicine quackery? From the video itself, N.D. Darling asks the question, is naturopathic medicine quackery? And N.D. Rubin quickly answers, no, it's not quackery. I think it's quackery for anyone who would pose that question. And I think anyone who would put that out on the internet and insinuate that, I think that a lot of times there's a lot of dogma in that. Maybe fear, and that they've never spent time in a good, licensed naturopathic doctor's office or sat with them. 
darling. I agree, and that's why I think it's important that we all take the time to educate one another on what we do offer. And Ruben adds, we're licensed naturopathic physicians. We went to school, we got a degree, we passed our boards, and we're regulated by our state board, unquote. So much there, especially that Q word, quackery. While homeopathic, Ayurvedic, and TCM diagnostics, in my humble opinion, by way of ANK ANP, are the epitome of quackery, and they are essential to naturopathy. And most importantly, the response to the question of whether naturopathy is quackery from Rubin is so absolute and yet so shallow that it really points to a kind of instant force field that naturopaths erect regarding scrutiny. That's dogmatic, when you cannot even withstand the proposition of analysis, never mind going further with such scrutiny and self-reflection in terms of granularity. It strikes me as a beyond-reproach kind of umbrage that is too absolute, absolutely unassailable, too immediate, and so reflexive. Sort of a consciousness of vulnerability which instantly causes spasms. If facts are stubborn things, the fuller John Adams quote being, quote, facts are stubborn things, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence, unquote. From foundersarchives.gov, well then, Obviously, the naturopaths, being outside of the facts, have decided to be even more stubborn than the facts. The way an ostrich is stubborn about a storm. They avert their eyes, they refuse to self-assess, their sectarian strictures are hard-coded and hard-wired. No critical thinking allowed. They are straight-jacketed regarding critical thinking. That is how NDs are inculcated, via a deliberate lack of self-assessment dogma. That's how fragile their whole menagerie is. But to analyze any aspect, regarded as healthcare or posing itself as healthcare, as to whether or not it is quackery, cannot be quackery. It sounds like due diligence. It sounds like scholarship. It sounds like intellectual thinking. Quackery is basically someone engaged in fraudulent exaggeration, particularly within medicine and pharmacy. The old Dutch quack salver, a hawker of salves. Diligently assessing an area of medicine cannot be quackery or dogma because it is evaluation and inquiry. It is critical thinking. It is due diligence. I'd also basically written in that blog post, Quote, Ruben's own alma mater, and so many of his practice ND peers, SCNM, according to his bio, in the SCNM 2018-2019 Student Clinical Handbook, states that central to those oath-mandatory naturopathic precepts is the science-ejected concept of vitalism as life force, never mind the science exterior supernaturalism, also within naturopathy, which is an article of faith, 
And yet, SCNM also states concurrently that categorically, naturopathy is science at its foundation, unquote, does not compute. Where is intellectual and academic integrity here? Instead, you get the naturopathological.edu. What that epistemic nonsense proves is that even after N.D. Rubin's insistence that naturopathy can't be quackery since, as he states in the video, quote, we're licensed naturopathic physicians, we went to school, we got a degree, we passed our boards, and we're regulated by our state board, unquote, none of those assurances mean that naturopathy isn't quackery if the standards associated with those procedures and structures have been basically hacked. If the institutions are corrupt, such as what we also saw in Ontario, if a, quote, good naturopathic doctor, unquote, is obviously a product of an education factory that cranks out quackery. Ontario is the location, by the way, of CCNM, another naturopathy school, which claims categorically, quote, science, unquote, and has such usual things within it as homeopathy and vitalism. So Andy Rubin's position, and that of the Naturopathy Oncology Organization, to me is one of fake integrity and fake integration in terms of naturopathic thought by way of, primarily, fake science. Homeopathy and acupuncture and Ayurveda are great indicators of the acceptance of crap. Obviously, you can pick apart naturopathy's position so easily, so let me again list some opposites of critical thinking. Unintellectual, undisciplined, stagnant, coarse, dim-witted and credulous, preconceived, unreflective, unreasoning, siloed, unclear, inaccurate, imprecise, inconsistent, irrelevant, without or refuted by evidence, bad reasons, shallow, narrow, and unfair. I can advise this directly, quote, Mr. Rubin, I will not demean the title doctor, either in terms of the medical or as teacher, since I am a health professions instructor. You are not a holy cow, and neither is naturopathy. The area is not above analysis and criticism, and analysis, and dare I say discernment, is not quackery and it is not unfair, unquote. What is unfair is naturopathy. I say this as a wizened customer of naturopathy education, particularly, and as a long-time observer. Unfair trade. I was recently looking over my 2002 Dean-signed leave of absence from UB, an ND program I left in good standing because I was so disgusted after four years there. And though the form says the leave of absence only lasts for one year, I consider myself still a naturopathy student on leave in good standing because though I live right off that campus, pretty easy to contact, there was never a formal end. There was me stating in a deposition that naturopathy is cultic, mystical weirdness. So Yubi has just let all that persist. And I'm still on leave, and therein still a built consumer who got netted into a skillful grift, as offered by a regionally accredited U.S. university that took Title IV monies in the practice of their crooked commerce. I am perpetually on leave, but I am still a student. 
and therefore analysis, critical thinking, and scholarly sentiments herein. I say wizened because as you become more deeply and more widely educated, the mind becomes more comparative and hopefully more critical and discerning, and one must consider, in shorthand, plausibilities, criticisms, what's truthful and what isn't. And because such is a slow process, to unfuck a mindfuck, honestly, naturopathy school. One last interesting quote that the Australian ND invokes in the Endeavor video is, quote, when there's an elephant in the room, introduce him, unquote. Welcome, wide, deep education, with its appreciation of analysis, critical thinking, scholarship, plausibility, evidence, and reality, versus sectarian credulities and delusional dogmatic self-perfections, all of which, as language, I'll likely return to at the end of this episode, after I go on a bit of a walkabout, after this episode 15, part 1. A Forbes.com Salzburg criticism. I'd spoken earlier, basically, of... Quote, a recent of science, intellectually emotional criticism of I am and its acupuncture, and of I am's effect upon surviving cancers that are curable, unquote. I invent that description or observation, intellectually emotional, as an appreciated explanation for why criticize, having knowledge that then leads to moral indignation that then leads to a motivation for some kind of action, like analysis, comparison, discernment, and exposure. Here, such is from the perspective of science by a scientist. An interesting article was recently published November 2019 by Stephen Salzberg at Forbes.com. There's a bio of the author at the bottom of that article, wherein he states, Quote, I'm the Bloomberg Distinguished Professor of Biomedical Engineering, Computer Science, and Biostatistics at Johns Hopkins University. From 2005 till 2011, I was the Horvitz Professor of Computer Science and Director of the Center for Bioinformatics and Computational Biology at the University of Maryland, College Park. Before joining UMD, I was at the Institute for Genomic Research where I sequenced the genomes of many bacteria, including those used in the 2001 anthrax attacks. At TIGR, I was part of the Human Genome Project and the co-founder of the Influenza Virus Sequencing Project. My research group develops software for DNA sequence analysis, and our free software is used by scientific laboratories around the globe. I did my BA and MS at Yale University and my PhD at Harvard University, and I have published over 250 scientific papers. Follow me on Facebook or Twitter, or visit my lab page, salzburg-lab.org, Not a coiner, a doer, a scientist. Oh, and I do have to say, hey Steve, I finally did make it to Australia through this episode, if not likely ever, actually. The article's title is, quote, Prestigious New York Cancer Center will spend $3.7 million to study bogus cancer treatment, unquote. And it was published November 25th, 2019. And there, Dr. Salzberg writes, 
Quote, Sometimes I'm not sure whether the best response to pseudoscience is to ignore it, or to patiently try to explain why it's wrong, or to get mad. This week I'm mad. My anger and frustration was triggered by a tweet from Memorial Sloan Kettering's Integrative Medicine account. For those who don't know, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center is one of the world's leading cancer centers, both for treatment and research, unquote. So they're getting on board the IM gravy train, which usually is not justified in any way by research reprioritizing or realigning the practices of modern medicine, but by wealthy donors who have the scam bug. He goes on, quote, not everything at MSK is world-class. Unfortunately, they have an integrative medicine center that offers a mixture of therapies ranging from helpful to benign to useless, unquote. That sounds familiar. Now, even if naturopathy bogosity isn't immediately happening at MSK, I've searched, I find nothing, you will see how the presence of IM lends credence to naturopathy IM bogosities all over the place. A quick search of MSK online, by the way, which is mskcc.org, reveals no hits for, quote, naturopathic naturopathy, medicatrix vitalism, vitalistic, or FABNO, unquote, currently. But I think I have copiously illustrated that acupuncture is an intrinsic part of naturopathy. And we also see here of IM, generally speaking. Now, MSK tells us, Quote, at the Bendheim Integrative Medicine Center, we offer a number of holistic health services, including acupuncture. Acupuncture is a safe, painless, and evidence-based complementary therapy. Pictured is MSK Chief of Integrative Medicine, Jun Mayo, with a patient, unquote. They have a page that defines acupuncture as, quote, Acupuncture is a therapeutic component of traditional Chinese medicine, TCM. It involves the use of very thin needles along with heat, pressure, or electricity to stimulate points on the body, promoting the flow and balance of internal energy, unquote. While the, quote, internal energy, unquote, is, wait for it, a coding for the vitalistic force in TCM, that is, as we're quite aware, known as qi, it is an energy that doesn't exist in any scientific sense of the word energy. So already we're down the rabbit hole. They do get to qi on that page, by the way, expressedly. Salzburg writes, in terms of this IM at MSK, quote, one of their biggest activities is acupuncture, which they claim offers a wide range of benefits to cancer patients. The MSK tweet shown here was boasting about a new $3.7 million study funded by NIH to study the effect of acupuncture on pain that cancer patients experience from chemotherapy and bone marrow transplants. Here's why I'm mad. Cancer patients are extremely vulnerable, often suffering the most frightening and difficult experience of their lives. They are completely dependent on medical experts to help them. When a place like MSK suggests a treatment, patients take it very seriously as they should, but offering these patients ineffective treatments based on pseudoscience, and make no mistake, that's what acupuncture is, is immoral, unquote. Therein, moral indignation that I am quite in agreement with. As background, we're reminded by Dr. Salzberg, quote, 
I've written about acupuncture many times before, but let me explain afresh why it is nonsense. Acupuncture is based on a pre-scientific notion, invented long before humans understood physiology, chemistry, neurology, or even basic physics, which posits that a mysterious life force called chi flows through the body on energy lines called meridians. As explained in this article by MSK's Jun Mayo, internal quote, according to traditional Chinese medicine, interruption or obstruction of qi was believed to make one vulnerable to illness. The insertion of needles at specific meridian acupoints was thought to regulate the flow of qi, thus producing therapeutic benefit, closed internal quotes. Today we know that none of this exists. There is no qi, and there is no meridians. And in that same article, Jun Mayo continued by admitting that, internal quotes, the ideas of qi and meridians are inconsistent with the modern understanding of human anatomy and physiology, closed internal quotes, unquote. You think? And therefore, aren't all the nature paths I've employed in this episode looking quite wrong in all their claims of vital energy, meridians, and points along those meridians. Like naked emperor, kind of wrong, except instead of no clothes, it's no actual vital energy and a network for that vital energy. As for the quality of science being produced at MSK in terms of magnifying acupuncture's nonspecific, theatrical, placebo, and counter-irritant effect, Salzburg writes, quote, Just to be certain, I read one of the latest studies from MSK, published earlier this year, which claims to show that acupuncture relieves nausea, drowsiness, and lack of appetite in multiple myeloma patients who are going through stem cell transplants. It's a mess, totally unconvincing, and a textbook case of p-hacking, or data dredging. E.g., I counted 24 different p-values, most of them not even close to significant, but they fixated on the three that reached statistical significance. The two groups of 30 patients weren't properly balanced. The sham acupuncture group started out with more severe symptoms according to their own scoring metric, and overall, figure two in the paper makes it pretty clear that there was no genuine difference in the effects of real versus sham acupuncture. But they got it published in a mediocre journal, so now they point to it as proof that acupuncture works for cancer patients. This study, bad as it is, appears to be the basis of the $3.7 million NIH grant that they're now going to use. They say, in a larger study in 300 patients, to confirm these previous findings. And there you go. The goal of the new study, according to the scientists themselves, is not to see if the treatment works, but to confirm their pre-existing belief that acupuncture works, unquote. The general consensus regarding acupuncture, when rigorously studied, is that basically it doesn't matter where you stick the needles, or even if you stick the needles, and therein that its effect is so nonspecific and mild that any benefits, if any, are not caused by the treatment itself. Further claims than that are to me a kind of deception, a kind of bad faith. But crap research, like exaggerated and hacked effect reporting, is the coin, sorry for the pun, and the continual coinage, of the scam realm. Fake integration, by way of marketing fictions and blatant hackings. And to return to his passion about this matter, 
Dr. Salzberg writes, quote, I'm mad. I'm mad that NIH is spending millions of dollars on yet another study of a quack treatment, acupuncture, that should have been abandoned decades ago, but that persists because people make money off of it. Finally, let me point to this study in JAMA Oncology from last year by Dr. Shermiel, which looked at the use of so-called complementary therapies among cancer patients. They found that internal quotes, patients who received complementary medicine were more likely to refuse other conventional cancer treatments and had a higher risk of death than no complementary medicine, closed internal quotes. And also see this 2017 study from the Journal of the National Cancer Institute, which found that patients who use alternative medicine were 2.5 times more likely to die than patients who stuck to modern medical treatments. That's right, Memorial Sloan Kettering, patients who use non-traditional therapies are twice as likely to die. That's why I'm mad. This is not okay, unquote. And I must thank Dr. Salzberg for taking the time to bring this all to light in a concise manner. We know acupuncture in kind, for those with cancer, is similarly pushed, again, sorry for the pun, in naturopathy land, I did cite a video of Indy Coates promoting the benefits of acupuncture generally, and Rubin's Clinic actually has an informed consent form which states, quote, I understand that the evaluation, diagnosis, and treatment by a naturopathic physician, and specifically by the naturopathic physicians at naturopathic specialists, may include, but is not limited to, such things as homeopathy and acupuncture. Unquote. Remember, Rubin had stated, even raising the question as to whether or not naturopathy is quackery is quackery. Also, at Rubin's practice, on their page, quote, supportive naturopathic cancer therapies, unquote, so specific to oncology, we're told about acupuncture, quote, acupuncture is a facet of traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, which is one of the oldest medical systems on the planet, estimates place treatment with acupuncture to be over 2,500 years old. This is the argument from antiquity. Acupuncture can be used to treat a variety of symptoms and conditions associated with cancer as well as cancer treatments. Acupuncture is increasingly being recognized as safe and effective adjunctive treatment by the conventional oncology world. It is used in many major cancer centers throughout the United States, such as Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, unquote. Small world. Small I am world. And I mean that so literally. I basically said, quote, naturopathy bogosity isn't immediately happening at MSK, but the presence of I am at places like MSK, lends credence to naturopathy, I am, bogosity all over the place, unquote. That's the kind of permission that large, prestigious I am places are lending to naturopathic bogosities. The oncology naturopaths go on regarding acupuncture, quote, In traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture points are chosen based on a TCM diagnosis. Different points are located on different meridians that run through the entire body. Qi flows along these meridians and blockages along meridians can lead to disease and dysfunction. Using specific acupuncture points stimulates the flow of qi, which in turn harmonizes the meridians, alleviating disease and promoting health, unquote. 
Ah, yes, that claimed better science and better thinking that is the science ejected and the pre-scientific medieval. We're also told, quote, Acupuncture has been found to treat many common symptoms associated with cancer as well as conventional cancer care. It has been found to alleviate chemotherapy as well as surgery-induced nausea and vomiting. People have found that acupuncture was helpful in the alleviating of chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy. Acupuncture has been found to help alleviate fatigue in patients undergoing both chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Acupuncture has been found to alleviate hot flashes in women on these therapies. Acupuncture has also been found to help reduce cancer-related pain, improve xerostomia, improve white blood cell counts, reduce insomnia, and improve well-being, unquote. Or does it? And they state, quote, at NS, we use acupuncture as part of a comprehensive treatment plan. If you would like more information about acupuncture and would like to incorporate it into your treatment plan, schedule a time to speak with one of our doctors, unquote. So it sounds like the naturopaths have quite a financial dog in this fight in terms of this therapy, acupuncture, which they promote as being able to do so much. Now, this brings me to a video Andy Rubin and Andy Coates did about the JAMA Oncology paper of July 2018 that Dr. Salzberg mentioned. Obviously, such a prestigious and noticed study could slow down the cash register, so to speak. At an IM oncology practice, I say that, by the way, as a certified physician practice manager in terms of one of my credentials, or at least make patient contacts a little less smooth if they are knowledgeable, if they start discerning, perhaps even refusing, probing, exposing, critically thinking. The NDs are really interesting to watch in the video, in light of all I've shared in this episode about denied naturopathy, pseudoscience, bogosity, quackery, and kind, those reflexes, which includes ANP FABNO naturopathy as a subset of AANPCAND North American NPLEX licensed naturopathy. Therein, the video is, quote, integrating conventional and alternative medicine safely, ad hoc with a doc, unquote, and it was uploaded in August of 2018. Therein, we're told that both Coates and Rubin are, quote, board-certified naturopathic oncologists, unquote. Two very scary words when especially used together, in my humble opinion, naturopathic oncology. From the video's description, we're told, quote, does complementary medicine negatively impact patient survival. An article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association has stated that people with cancer who seek alternative medical care are less likely to follow through with conventional standard of care treatments. Dr. Dan Rubin and Dr. Melissa Coates, both naturopathic oncologists at Naturopathic Specialists, LLC, discuss what you need to look for in selecting a qualified naturopathic doctor to add to your cancer team. Find out what the doctors at naturopathic specialists say about the safe integration of conventional and naturopathic cancer care and learn some of the common pitfalls to avoid in today's ad hoc with a doc, unquote. So guidance. Oh, good. We know how well-educated Indies are and how great naturopathic thinking is. 
So, discuss to us. From the video, the Indies state, quote, One of the types of complementary therapies mentioned in the discussion section of the article was naturopathy, unquote. The study states in it, quote, There is a broad spectrum of CM, complementary medicine, used by patients with cancer, including herbs and botanicals, vitamins and minerals, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy and naturopathy, as well as specialized diets. Types of CM previously identified include herbs and botanicals, vitamins and minerals, probiotics, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy and naturopathy, deep breathing, yoga, tai chi, qigong, acupuncture, chiropractic or osteopathic manipulation, meditation, massage, prayer, special diets, progressive relaxation, and or guided imagery, unquote. So that's a long list. The authors will refer to them all as, quote, these therapies, unquote, in the next quote. Quote, we cannot comment on any specific type of CM and its association with survival. Regardless, except for mind-body therapies that have been shown to improve quality of life, there is limited to no evidence that these therapies have been shown to improve cancer survival as a CM, unquote. Rubin states in the video, in light of that poor association of naturopathy with early death in treatable cancer care, in the Jama Ankh article regarding the naturopathy and the naturopaths doing it, quote, we don't know if they're physicians or board-certified naturopathic oncologists. And there's a difference between naturopathy and naturopathic medicine, the former being non-physician practitioners, the latter being a licensed naturopathic physician, unquote. He is stating, I think rather absurdly, that it is naturopathy that has bad associations, not physician-level naturopathic medicine, and particularly not naturopathic oncologists. Hmm, I think he's being critical. I think he's being discerning when it works for him. And in terms of institutional permissions, if this sounds familiar, again, we get the insistence that, quote, We graduated from a naturopathic medical school. We hold the license to practice naturopathic medicine in the state of Arizona, and both of us are board-certified naturopathic oncologists. Physician level. We've both chosen that as our specialties. Our specialty is recognized by the Arizona Naturopathic Medical Board. I sit on that board. It's our expertise and our specialty. What's medical? Unquote. Let's look at that board for a second. Ruben is listed as a member. Their webpage is nd.az.gov. We're told on their homepage, quote, as a naturopathic physician licensed in Arizona, part of the licensure renewal process requires completion of 30 hours of CME each year. The board accepts CME from programs approved by one or more of the following organizations. Round up the usual suspects. The American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, or any of its constituent organizations. The Arizona Naturopathic Medical Association, or any naturopathic licensing authority in the United States or Canada, unquote. And we know how good those CMEs in naturopathy land are. They also have up their licensure law, which states, quote, the required MPLEX examinations are... Part 1, Biomedical 
Examination, Part 2, Clinical Science Examination, which includes core clinical science examination and the clinical elective examinations in acupuncture and minor surgery, unquote. And, not to beat the horse dead any further than it is dead, within that Part 2 NPLEX is homeopathy. Though it is not stated there, at nd.az.gov, you have to go to NABNE, N-A-B-N-E, who runs the exams to find that out. And at that.gov, there are no hits when searched for vitalism, vitalistic, vital force, life force, or metacatrix. Their definitions page redirects to azleg.gov, which I assume is the Arizona legislature online, and we're told, quote, practice of naturopathic medicine means a medical system of diagnosing and treating diseases, injuries, ailments, infirmities, and other conditions of the human mind and body, which, by the way, means when naturopaths are treating mind, body, and spirit, have they expanded their scope beyond their legal definition? including by natural means, drugless methods, drugs, non-surgical methods, devices, physical, electrical, hygienic, and sanitary measures, and all forms of physical agents and modalities, natural substance means a homeopathic, botanical, nutritional, or other supplement that does not require a prescription pursuant to federal law before it is prescribed, dispensed, or otherwise furnished to a patient, and that is prescribed by a physician who is licensed pursuant to this chapter to enhance health, prevent disease, or treat a medical condition diagnosed by the physician, unquote. Well, as we've seen, such a regulatory apparatus guarantees nothing, even when it ends in .gov, or perhaps particularly and we've seen how nonsense has no problem with itself. A search of azleg.gov gives no vitalism hits in relation to naturopathy, but does have the, quote, spiritual vital force, unquote, as a hit in relation to Hanumanian homeopathy, which is what naturopathy schools teach the kind of homeopathy at naturopathy schools, which harkens back to that N.D. Pizzorno CME course, Life Force as Spirit. And there's the typical board exams science claim at azleg.gov. In a 2017 Arizona Naturopathic Medical Association letter, which states, quote, A licensed naturopathic physician, ND, attends a four-year graduate-level naturopathic medical school and is educated in all of the same sciences as an MD or DO. Now, I adamantly refute that because mainstream science is not equated with pseudosciences the way they are in naturopathy. So that is not of the same science. The NPLEX exam consists of two parts in three subject areas. Part one, biomedical sciences examination. Part two, core clinical science examination. And part three, clinical elective examinations. And we're referred to the North American Board of Naturopathic Examiners at nabne.org, unquote. And in the video about the JAMA article, Rubin speaks of, quote, the importance of being highly, highly skilled 
yes times two of being a skilled physician who understands who can sit down responsibly with a patient and discuss options the importance of the appropriate skill training designation of being a physician who can discuss at the highest levels of discussion what it means to go through integrative or complementary therapy complementary medicine or alternative or integrative unquote and nd coates states quote Sometimes these articles spin it, unquote. And at one point, Rubin states, without any irony, quote, it does come down to semantics, unquote. Ah, like what is beneath the coded language of naturopathy's precepts? Well, that all sounds like critical thinking and a desire for clarity, as opposed to positioning oneself as uncriticizable and hiding under manipulative opacities. Now, hilariously, Andy Rubin states, speaking of semantics, quote, one of the highest precepts of naturopathic medicine is called docere, or doctor as teacher. And actually, the initial dictionary definition of doctor was teacher. I hold that as a very high precept. And he states of his practice, we're so interested in the evolving education of our patients, unquote. He is speaking of the word D-O-C-E-R-E. Well, I murder Latin too, all the time. But this one makes me laugh. In the context of his smugness, his conceit, his dominance, his unassailability. I've listened to worldwide pronunciations, out of curiosity, of that word. But I've never heard it as what Rubin said as K. The American English preponderance is apparently da or do, seer or ser. So da seer or do seer or da ser or do ser. I am partial to the Italian pronunciation myself, do cere. We also get Rubin stating, quote, We are very open and transparent. We are participants in the greater community of oncology globally, and we welcome that, unquote. Ah, another welcome. My advice then, welcome the critical thinking, the analysis, the discernment, the judgment. Embrace clarity, transparency, honesty, rationality, and rigor. Speaking of critical thinking about naturopathy and community and globally, at the end of this third subpart, I'll in what follows just run through what Dr. Salzberg has previously written about naturopathy at Forbes.com. In 2011, quote, a form of quackery, unquote. In 2012, quote, offering treatments that are little more than snake oil to cancer patients is ethically indefensible. Believers in acupuncture, naturopathy, Reiki, and homeopathy will argue that they are not unethical because the treatments work. This argument, though, flies in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Those who argue that these treatments really work only demonstrate that they are unqualified to offer medical care, unquote. In 2013, quote, quacks never give up. In their never-ending quest to make money from bogus treatments, they try all kinds of strategies to convince people that what they're selling really, really works, despite the evidence to the contrary. One strategy is creating a legal licensing system. If the government licenses your profession, it must be legitimate, right? Legislators wouldn't approve a licensing system for nonsense, would they? Of course not. So it's strange 
that the Maryland legislature is considering a bill in its upcoming session to allow naturopaths to practice medicine in the state of Maryland. Most disturbing, perhaps, is that the new Maryland bill would require physicians to violate medical ethics. The AMA Code of Ethics states that it is unethical to engage in or to aid and abet in treatment which has no scientific basis and is dangerous, is calculated to deceive the patient by giving false hope, or which may cause the patient to delay in seeking proper care. By adding a naturopath to the Maryland State Board of Physicians and by requiring them to license naturopaths to practice medicine, the legislature is forcing physicians to act unethically, unquote. And in 2018, quote, today's versions of medieval bleeding include acupuncture, homeopathy, naturopathy, chiropractic, Reiki, Ayurveda, healing touch, various detox treatments, and more. Science has figured out that all these are nonsense and moved on, unquote. And also in 2018, quote, has NIH provided good scientific evidence that any of the alternative methods, which include acupuncture, homeopathy, naturopathy, Ayurveda, therapeutic touch, Reiki, aromatherapy, and others actually work? The answer to all these questions is no, unquote. A summary for this beginning part. So we're at the end of the beginning of episode 15, and I'll quote now from a recent podcast episode from, of all places, SETI.org, S-E-T-I. That's the webpage for the SETI Institute, with SETI often meaning the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Though the Institute more broadly explains... Quote, the mission of the SETI Institute is to explore, understand, and explain the origin and nature of life in the universe and the evolution of intelligence, unquote. Their Big Picture Science podcast is part of the SI's Center for Public Outreach. The November 2019 episode is, quote, skeptic check, betting on pseudoscience, unquote. From its description, we're told, quote, the harm from pseudoscience can go far beyond your wallet, especially when it promotes unscientific treatments for serious disease. Find out what alarming discovery led one naturopath to quit her practice and why scientific ignorance is not bliss. Britt Marie Hermes, former naturopath doctor, now doctoral student in evolutionary genetics at the University of Kiel, Germany, unquote. The interview starts at about 33.15 and is roughly 20 minutes long. Therein, Britt states, and I find this to be a very accidentally appropriate summary for this episode 15, part 1, and also an accidental bridge towards the next section that will delve into the 2019 JACM SIN. Quote, Naturopathy really refers to a wide range of practices that are commonly characterized as complementary and alternative medicine. People from within the naturopathic community are trying to study naturopathy, but they're not doing so using rigorous clinical trial designs in order to assess their research questions. From my perspective, the studies that are evaluating naturopathy have serious methodology problems, and therefore we can't really rely on the information from these studies, because the parts of it that work are medicine, they're not naturopathy. 
The thing that is true naturopathy, the stuff that is the core of naturopathy, is all of the stuff that is alternative to medicine, all of the stuff that is not scientifically based. And it's all of the stuff that is really based on these archaic and pseudoscientific and pre-scientific ideas. Even if you are not going to a naturopath for something serious like diabetes or cancer, there's a real risk to it, unquote. Hear, hear. And speaking of a similar kind of growing outward from the very insular, an example of what I've termed true integration and acting from an emotional source, both of which I can personally identify with, my emotional motivation was, as I've said, disgust. As I began the process of what I call unmindfucking from naturopathy school, mindfucking, it states, in answer to what Seth asks about what causes someone to stop their anti-science views, quote, well, you know, I was really scared upon withdrawing from naturopathy as an activity. I think this fear really motivated me to start to look for answers and start to look for information that was critical of naturopathy. I always knew that there were critics of naturopathy out there. I knew science-based medicine existed. I knew that Quackwatch existed. But I chose to ignore this information because it wasn't aligned with my belief system. And so, once I no longer had that need, once I no longer felt like I wanted wanted to be defined by naturopathy, then I was really truly able to take in information from the outside and really to start to evaluate naturopathy from a more objective perspective." Unquote. Which reminds me of some words in Jean-Paul Sartre's play, The Flies. Quote, Only she can rid herself of it, for she is free. Unquote. So do feel free to delve into the Naturo Crit Podcast, Episode 15, Part 2. This is the end of the third and final subsection of the first part of the Naturo Crit Podcast, Episode 15. Thank you for boldly listening. Naturo Crit Podcast. Talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about.